Okay, welcome back to the Camp Ojibwa History Podcast, part two of our late 70s roundtable. We pick right back up where we left off last time. Hope you dig it. Talked about some characters at camp. One thing we have not really touched on, we mentioned it briefly, the women of Camp Ojibwe. Oh boy. Bam. <laughs> there, there may be people in this room related to some of these, but the notable ones obviously are Reba and Karen, right? Yes. During your time period. Let's talk about that a little bit. So what I, are I, their influence so, on this? So, uh, Karen, so well, I'm. I'm, I'm all about Pearl. Okay, so let me start with let me start with a pearl story. Yeah, we're in cabin thirteen. Brett Keishin's our ca- our our counselor. I think it was the second year, right? That we were in thirteen. You you yeah. had been in for three years. Yeah, it was eighty one then. Yeah, yeah. eighty one. Andrew, you weren't there. No, Doug, were you there? I was there in eighty one. Okay, so you were in counselor. You were a con- okay. Anyway, Brett goes to Chicago for the. It was Brett and Elliot. Then they were both gone, and who was in charge? No, no, no. Elliot went. Elliot went home for something work-related, and Brett was in charge. But I think Brett goes into town, right? Was that Mm -hmm. the deal? And we're loud, and and (laughs) and we're playing these video games. Mattel had these video games, these handheld games that you had a battery, right? Right. Of course. And um, and uh, (laughs) she comes to the door. Rap, rap, rap. And she's like, who's in charge in there? And, and everyone's like, Who? Brett, is, it, is that you? And, and, and he wasn't there. It was not good. Uh, yeah. It was not good. Yeah, the last thing you wanted was my grandmother coming Co- to the cabin. Right, because it was like 1130 was, or something yeah. like that. Especially and it was, curlers. Yeah. It was not. She had the curlers in. Yeah. She slept with the curlers. Right. It yeah. was not. And she's got the flashlight in there, and we, like, scatter like mouse back in our little yeah. cubbies. But that was not a. And, and Brett, I think, was at Harry's or something like that. Right. <laughs> I remember Howard Weiss, Weissman. Howard Weissman. Uh, yeah. Mr. Cobb. We had to write uh, our parents and they made sure write a postcard. <laughs> so, yeah. so the staff yeah. could read uh, what, what you were doing. And, sure. and if you, know, you were upset, you know, they would kind of you know, talk to you. So I remember Howard Weissman wrote, you know, hi, Pearl, you know, you know, you know, I'm doing great or something like that. But he was giving shit to Pearl and he got in trouble. Yeah. At the end of the letter, you're an eye for Pearl. Or, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Postcard. yeah. And I mean, they, I mean, they took the bait. That was the funny part. They took the bait and he got in trouble. I mean, come on. Like, what of you course. Doing? Well, speaking of taking the bait and on letters that were written. Ugh, I don't know if I told the story on my podcast or not, but... The Deuce. We, <laughs> there was a guy at counselor camp, Randy Deuce. Yeah. I don't know Randy. if you remember Randy. Randy the Deuce. He was a little guy. He was like five three, but he yeah. wrestled in right. college, maybe at Minnesota or yeah. someplace like that. And Cato State, I think. Okay. Yeah, real good athlete. Um, not, a terribly, not a terribly good driver, that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. And there was um, a kitchen staff of worker. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, who yeah. was, I would say, 
275. She's a big girl. She was big. She was large. And um, we... <laughs> actually, it was Bruce Esser and I did this. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce and I wrote a letter um, from Randy to this person in the kit. Her name was Brenda. Brenda. From Randy to Brenda. And it was like a love letter. And um, we sealed it up, and we wrote like a totally made-up address, put a stamp on it, put it in the mail... And then it, of course, and we put a return address, right. and of course, it got returned to back camp. To camp. And so, in those days, when letters came back like that, Denny or my father would stand up in the mess hall during announcements and say, <laughs> "Did anybody write to Brenda so and so?" And then nobody re nobody responded. So, and so we knew that up? nobody would respond. <laughs> and so then De Denny, De Denny opens a letter. Denny opens a letter. to read it. And starts oh, reading it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the mess hall. In the mess hall. It starts reading it. In all these kids. <laughs> starts out, and, you know, Denny with his inflection. Dear Brenda. Right. I, you know, the place is up for grabs. It's like. I can't believe how much I right. love you. Our time, to, our time together last night. Was amazing. Right, so you know, meet me at the point. Meet me at the point later tonight. Love the deucer. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was oh, good. That was great. Yeah. Yep. Randy would have killed me if he knew. That was great. He never found out. He never knew nope. that Bruce or I did it. Of course, we we didn't want to get killed. <laughs> he was strong. He was strong. This is 5'3 Bruce. Right. He was strong. Uh, but what about like nurses or kitchen staff? Nurses. Bounce. Wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, any, anyone that sticks out uh, that were no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> the, it, okay so I'll, uh, I'll I'll talk for this side of the table because <laughs> I heard your podcast punch and, and you and I is Bill in the same club too there were no, no nurses I was not in that there's club. no nurses in my podcast no 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 you're a nurse you and I were kitchen staff yes well. so yes um, so yeah, Ponch and I uh, both uh, had a dalliance with the same <laughs> with the same woman. I think it was the same year, wasn't it? Yes. And so yeah, that was. And so did many other counselors. I know she she had like a notch board. She had a notch board, I think. Uh, it's good to have goals. Yeah, right. She she and she said she had overachieved her goals. Oh, Jibbo Book of Records. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think it was. I think it was. And. Uh, yeah, I also remember too. I was so I was at post camp one year, and Karen brought up one of her friends. I got matched up with her in the doubles, and that uh -huh. was good. What was her? She was super. Well, cute. She used to bring a friend every year. Yeah, so she, I don't whoever this was. I remember my dad used to take a lot of photography, and so here I am. I'm probably like eleven. I'm here. I'm playing tennis, and in the background is Karen's friend, who's like sixteen or seventeen. She's absolutely gorgeous, and I was like, oh wow. <laughs> I think we came in second or third. Did you guys ever score with any uh, kitchen staff? <laughs> I was, I was. But you were a counselor. But you were a counselor. No, you were never a counselor. Yeah. No, you, Doug, you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No scores. Counselors. Uh, not, no, not any scores. What about <laughs> from town? Anybody from town? No, no, I can't. Kept I can't, it clean. I can't. Yeah, well, I'm on tape, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well, I will say so. I, I interviewed uh, Reba and Karen together, and I asked them. I said, "Look, you know, let's just be honest. Like, there right. are two separate generations of men who think you are the most beautiful woman that has ever walked the planet <laughs> <laughs> separately, or both." Uh, and they both were like, ah, "I don't know anything about it." That was only because we we're the only people there. So they were very humi uh, a lot of humility, very humble about it, but. Well, you know, so kitchen staff at week one would look different than at week seven or eight, you oh, know, yeah, sure. and, and you know, both, both, both as campers and as counselors, sure. right? And 
I remember as counselors, we would go out, we'd meet up with the uh, Maramita girls or the Chippewa girls or whatever, um, and the and the Menominee guys. I mean, we would when we had nights off, we'd go to Flex. Flex if you guys remember right. Flex, right. or wherever Harry's as we got old. Well, as we got older, we but they, they, we couldn't get in as junior counselors. We had to go backwards. Well, where was Flex? Yeah, it's right in, in the woods. Near yeah. Menominee. So like we would drive. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so this is how things I think this is how things have changed. So we would go and we'd go drive 30, 40 minutes to go meet up with guys and we would drink and drive. I mean, I'm not proud of it, but we were all, you know, liquored up pretty good and coming back. And we're lucky that we didn't wrap ourselves around. I remember driving Beezy's car home and oh, he was throwing God. up outside. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's. My my so I my birthday. It was still eighteen to drink then. Yes. Yes, but yeah. but so I was a counselor at uh, sixteen, going on seventeen. My birthday's in August. I'm late, right? So I'm in 1982. I'm a counselor, and I'm turning seventeen up there, and then I'm turning eighteen up there, right? And I'm every you know every night that I'm free, we have what one or two free nights a week. I mean, it, it was competitive. It was competitive in all aspects, which you know was in daytime and nighttime. You turned the headlights off. It was so right. Oh, I mean, it was like, yeah. I mean, it was nuts. And um, it was, you know, you think about it now, it's like you would never want your kids to do that. Sure. And um, um, and so it was. It was pretty pretty stupid, actually, when you think about it. But we'd meet up with folks and we'd party and we'd get back at I don't know. One one o'clock, and then we'd be have to be up next morning to wait tables. And those are actually the fun stories too. I mean, nobody wanted to wait table one. Right? Yeah, right, on right. One. Well, and then you hear Guy Guy Delson Galeard stories all 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 morning about what he was doing the night before, and that was always kind of we had this A and W yeah. hats. We never talked about A and W, the A and W run. That oh was yeah, one of the best things at, at night. And yeah. Mama Burger, Papa Burger, Burger. Yeah. Yeah. for sure. Place in order. All of a sudden, those hamburgers were one of the best hamburgers in my life. After the caps, you yeah. have yeah. the big shoot, the big box would come in with one of the counselors and making food run, fries at Burger, T Burger, Papa Burger, sure. the root beer, the quart. Yeah. The, that root beer was the best. That is. Yeah. It still is. Yeah. Still is. With the garbage from AW, was it was supposed to be a secret. Like one or two kids would get yeah. a burger or fries because they did something really special. Next thing you know, the counselors are making money off of us. We're not, <laughs> we're, we're not even supposed to have money in the cabinets to begin with because betting in Camp Ojibwe just makes enemies, right? Well, we, we, <laughs> we, I, we, I do recall we got in trouble for playing poker. I, I think it was cabin eight, and uh, I remember uh, somehow it got to Denny that we were playing poker and. He didn't give us a speech. It was another guy. It was Al Schwartz who gave us the speech about well, no, 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 about We got a counselor that came mm -hmm. to us, Billy. I don't know if you remember. I remember this. He he told us to play poker for, for championships. championships only. Oh, yeah. For championships only. <laughs> so we said, okay, fine, we'll play for championships. So we, you know. One dollar was one like, championship then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just changed the currency name to championships from dollars. It was and er, er, in code early, so. early Bitcoin for you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,
sorry, Ponch isn't here for this because we used to go sliding in Schwartz Park. Yeah, that I remember. That, that was, was like was a major a... activity when it rained, yeah. which was not allowed. It was technically not allowed yeah. to go. Sl- when there was, it was a lot of things not allowed. When it was, yes. <laughs> all the fun stuff was not allowed. The office, so yes, you, you could away. do it. You could get away with it, and it was because it was there was usually more bigger puddles of water, and you would take off full speed and dive into the puddles and see how far you could you slide. Yeah. Well, one time Ponch, we were di- we were sliding in Schwartz Park. Ponch takes a full head of steam. He runs. He dives, and his there he oh, slid across gosh. a rock, and ripped up his stomach like literally, bleeding like major thing on his stomach, and and we go up to get a bandage or something for Ponch from the office, and he sees my grandmother, and she's like, "What happened?" Because we might need to get him, you know, a tetanus shot or something like. We don't know if it was a nail or a rock or whatever. And, of course, the first thing out of my mouth is, well, we were sliding in Schwartz Park, and Ponch is like, you idiot. Now, now, now I'm in trouble. Not only am I hurt, but I'm in trouble, trouble with your grandmother. Nice. Yeah, so, and he still has a big scar there from wow. that. Yeah. Well, kids, this is why we don't slide in Schwartz Park. That's right. right. Or anywhere else I can. Right. So we haven't talked about socials yet. Okay. Okay, so now. Those were awkward. Old days, socials were one cabin. In the council no. slides. No, 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 well, no. no. Okay, that's oh, really a couple old. Of cabins, oh, sure. A couple of cabins, maybe. So now, so when we get to you guys, are we at full camp? Social We're slides? at, oh, like, no. your oh. cabin, like, nine and above, it's and like, you're yeah. going then, over. I mean, then they split it up, like, it would be, like, a watermelon <clears throat> age group. Yeah. And maybe pineapple. Right. And then one group would go to the there was a home and away. camp, and then the other right. one would say, yeah, it was home And basically, away. you'd kind of get dressed oh, nicely yeah. and yeah. You, and then you bus over there right so we go to we go to Agawak and they have this big sign up that says welcome Ojibwa and they spelled out the letters in different colors <laughs> I can't tell the story go, go, go so W-E is like in blue and red and then then L is in yellow. C O M E is in, and you couldn't see the L from across the way. Sure. So <laughs> it said we come Ojibwa. <laughs> that was the night. That, that was like yeah. in seventy eight or seventy nine. I remember guys like saying, "Oh, I'm I know so and so over there, and I'm going to score with her." I mean, right, that was, was a big. Not to mention any names, but one of the people in your last story was uh, known to have um, scored. And, well, and it was, was like a bet, it was another betting thing, right? Right. And there was also, I don't know if you remember this, in Cabin 13, when Dave Scher gave us like the, the speech about, like, he gave us a, he brought in a, um, he had a big, graph, right? yeah, he had a big thing of paper, right? A big, like a, um, a white, an easel, a big, like an easel of paper. Sure. And he was going to give us like this, this speech to get us, you know, excited for the for the social and right. because, and I and I remember him giving this speech. Do you remember this? Do his his speech was about uh, meeting meet, meeting a girl, saying hello. The hard part is in the valley. The conversation is in the mountaintop. <laughs> the right. peak is coming down again. And, and the, as he was speaking, he was drawing. drawing on the he's drawing the anatomy of a woman. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you had a whole story to go with the way he was doing the art. The next thing you know, you're looking at a woman with her legs spread. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of sex ed that you can really rely on. Sure, that's right. right. That's right. That's, you know, but you follow that to the T. Yes. Like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. 
So I, I actually got, I got called out, or I don't know how you would describe it, for participating in uh, extracurricular activities. Do you remember how I got called out? No. Not in a bad way. Yeah. But it was clear. The, so we had a social. I, yeah, I don't remember what camp it was. And I was with a girl, uh, you know, I don't know, wherever we made out, in, in, you know, behind the mess hall. Cabin or five or something. Yeah, no, I think it was, no, it was at their It was there. Their no, it was, at, it, was yes, an away, it was an away game. It was an yeah. away game, yes. And that day I had played soccer and I had scored two goals. And <laughs> the headline the next day scores. was Kramer scores two, you know. <laughs> two goals in soccer. Right. Yes, that right. Elliot Tumor. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it was, everyone got a big laugh out of that. Yeah. A good time was had by I all. Make its way back to Elliot. I, yeah, I yeah, they had so so he had ears everywhere, right? Yeah. So him and Denny. I was gonna yeah. say he and Denny both. Like the flow yeah. of information is incredible for what those guys know. Right. Well, as 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 it relates to when we would go out into town, you know, Denny would know all. As to, I mean, because you know, no phone calls home, and he knew if you did call home somehow. Someone saw you. Someone, Someone right. saw you in those. In those yeah. yeah, there was there were eyes everywhere, and I think for our benefit, because you know, sure. to to you know, we were kind of very young and naive, as I mentioned before. Only suburban kids. Uh, right, yeah, you city guys. <laughs> city kids. You right. city guys. Right now, we were. We were not <laughs> and we got in, and we got in. You know, we could have been in some serious issues, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it would it could have been very easy to really kind of have life altering types of things. Um, and for the most part, the town folks were, I think, generally okay with us. There were a couple times that we got some bad looks and what have you. Sure. I remember going into Alexander's Pizza with, with Brad Balson. Alexander's and, Pizza. And, you know, I get in some verbal, you know, anti-Semitic uh, comments and stuff and, you know, go back to, you know, that type of thing. Uh, but for the most part, I think it was mostly above boards. But I think there was a, there was kind of a whether it was Denny in relations with town or whatever, but there was a... Oh, the, the higher level, they got along very well. Yeah, oh, but, yeah, but Denny, you know, Denny doesn't take any shit, which I appreciate, right? Which is a, one of his great qualities, and I think he's protective of... Oh, sure. You yeah. know, well, we, it, but just to be clear, because this is something that camp does not do anymore, is we used to play, have competitions uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kids from the town. So I, I remember play, playing baseball against those yeah, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, bas and basketball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basketball. Well, there were some legendary basketball games, and they, I don't they know bring if that their was counselors had basketball counselors, games. but those were good games. Now, campers played. We played hardball against them. That was the one time we got to play hardball all summer. I know. That I remember, I know. which I enjoyed. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, there was uh, maybe now it's probably been ten years ago, but there was a couple years in a row where we did a, a game with some softball teams in town. We'd go in town and play softball, like they were doing leagues anyway, and we kind of just. Played. Played. That's uh, great. Was it? it was awesome. It was super fun, and they dug it. We dug it. You know, and guys from other camps would come and watch the games. Fun. So but that aspect was really. Cool. I remember watching you guys play hardball because I was I was not a hardball player. I was not that good of an athlete. Yeah. Field, just, yeah. Just and I remember it was supposed to be whatever, twelve and under or thirteen and under. Right. And they would have guys there with a, a beard as bushy as yours. <laughs> <laughs> Name Earl. Right. <laughs> like there's no way that kid's thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember it was for whatever reason those games were hot and dry, yeah, and right. it was like in the dead of like July. Yeah. Right, and it's under a beating sun, and those kids were—that's that was their summer, right? right? Yeah, playing right. out sandlot ball, and right. here we are, 
soft North Shore kids. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But they were, they were fun. There was competitive games. And, you know, they'd have some big hoss up there on the mound. Right. Throwing. Yeah. I do recall And that. throwing hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it was fun. It was yeah. fun. Um, you guys said that jokingly, but is that something that played into your experience at camp was, was being city kids and, and the sort of North Shore kids and the difference in <clears throat> maybe how you grew up versus how they were growing up? Was that something that played in or just not so much? I don't know. Did it? Only if it worked to our advantage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're like, you're sitting around bullshitting at the end of the night, and you're just like, oh, what's it like down there? You know, you ever see if I get shot? I mean, I'm no offense. Uh, no. Well, they they clearly had nicer gym shoes. And we traded them. Some guys tried to bring them. up some electronics. Which we thought was very North Shore. TVs. TVs and the stereos. Stereos. Stereos, yeah, I had a big I don't know when that started, when people started bringing up like. Wait, wasn't that counselors? Just counselors would bring them up, but then like people would bring them up. Jeff Shapiro brought up a. Oh my God. Well, Kevin 13. Right, oh, right. yeah. You're right. That's Kevin right. 13 was kind of an exception. I never, right. I never brought up a stereo regardless, but I mean, I didn't think any campers did before 13. I no, I don't really. remember it. Yeah. No, I mean it was more exciting for us because we never went north of like uh, Howard Street. Yeah, so, you know, right. Sure. Yeah. And, and and for us too, because I I'd go see Wits or something. I'd go downtown. We'd bump into maybe you guys. I'd go down for a night or something like that. When you know, in whatever eighth grade or freshman year or sophomore year, it was kind of cool. We people we knew in the city, but yeah. it wasn't. I mean, I think that's to me that's the interesting thing about it because it really is almost like a different world. Even though you're not geographically so far apart, you really are sort of living in a very different situation. Oh, so, sort of traveling or visiting one another, or even running into each other, at, I don't know, like Cubs game or something, whatever. Well, you might run into each other, like. Those yeah, you, well, you didn't have all the communication you have now, exactly. right? So the so kids. You're not emailing. You're not texting. Yeah, right. You don't right. have any of that. Right. You, you pick up the phone and go, eh, you know. And but our parents were all friendly, and so they kind of help us. But that was really when you didn't see the camp kids. Uh, for us, it was for real. We did not see guys right. during the year at all. Right. You guys did. We saw yeah, you guys were in high school. In the same, mm-hmm. Well, you guys were in different high schools, but yeah. being from the trigger, Jason and I were in the same. Yeah. Andrew was different. But the, high, was, the bus yeah. from Highland Park, right? Buses. Yeah. But I mean, you know, actually, if my closest friends uh, growing up did not go to Ojibwe. Right. Richard Goldman was the only one. He only went two years. So... All of, I have some very old friends from nursery school and kindergarten, and none of them went to Ojibwe. So, I mean, they actually, What was wrong them, with them? Two of them went to Menominee, <laughs> and I mean, you would think, you'd think yeah. I would have been influenced by that to go to Menominee, but I think I was more influenced by my post-camp experience. Sure. Right. So, I mean, but I, I, I mean, it would have made more sense to, for me to go to Menominee with my two closest friends than Ojibwe, but for some reason... <clears throat> I don't know if my parents, I don't recall really having a vote, or I don't remember, but I don't remember fighting it. You yeah. know, I just, I just went to Ojibwe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, it, so it was just a matter of where, when I would go, not a matter of where I would go, yeah. right? So, and I remember clearly Mickey coming out and Al, but I wasn't ready. So I went to like a local sports camp in Northfield where I grew up, and I did that for a period of time. And then, then when it was time, I, I went to Ojibwe. Um, but there was no other real option. I hadn't even thought about it. All right, tell us, what are we missing? What do we, uh, what do we not cover? What do we not cover? Uh, <laughs> why do you love Ojibwe? And how do you tell somebody about that today? Hmm. Um, I guess 
I love Ojibwa. Uh, there's a certain uh, humor that is unique. It, you know, giving shit, but it's all with, with love. And uh, that's one of the first things I think about uh, my experience, that there was a lot of shit being thrown out at one another, but you knew where it was coming from. Uh, so there's this, I, actually, it's the banter. The banter was always there, and you kind of got pulled into it. And so I, I love that banter. Um, and, you know, I guess there, you know, there's that just camaraderie that we have with one another that regardless, you know, Jason and, and Gary mentioned it because they've, you know, had a big gap, and actually Doug as well, a big gap of years where they hadn't seen people or at least hadn't been up at camp, and yet when they go there, it's, you know, they instantly feel at home there. And, you know, uh, yeah, I think it's the banter, the, the smells, the sights, the memories, and just the, the relationships that we made while we were there that obviously, you know, continue to this day. Um, man, there's so many things. It's uh, it's kind of a, a, a large question, I think, because um, you can say so many things. Um, but I guess for me, you know, um, the whole the, the the continuity aspect, continuity for what it's worth, uh, the, the the environment that you're in. I think when we were young, you know, you. I think all of us, you know, our parents, they got us involved in things. We were always doing things, you know, but it was a question of where you were doing them or, you know, what, what the scene was, the environment. I think that Ojibwe was this incredible environment, you know, because there were so many things there, at least for me, there was the history of it, there were the, the annual you know, experiences. You were always thinking about going back as one more year, it would be one more year going. And then there was this whole history there when you were in the mess hall and you'd see the plaques and you'd hear the stories of all these guys. And then, of course, for us, our, our parents had gone there. So there was a continuity thing there. Well, that was so uh, welcoming and secure, yeah, but also sure. gave it meaning. And the meaning is so critical, I think, to all the things that you're doing. If there's, you know, you, if you feel this little extra special meaning to what you're doing, you, you have some purpose, it affects your attitude, and, um, you know, that's a little schmaltzy, but, but in a way, you know, it's, there's an intangible there that you, that, that, you know, if you were in a different place that wasn't like that, and you, you didn't know about Ojibwa, or you had experienced that, and then you went to another place, you'd see the difference. You know, there's, there's just a fundamental difference. And I think it all started with Al, to me, you know, because he was the genuine article. You know, he yeah. really was, um, every day, he, he, he was committed. He was very sincere about everything he, does, he did, you know, in, almost in a scary way, because I don't think that I've ever thought that I could be committed like that. Right. The guy was committed, yeah. you know, and I think that's like having a teacher in your life or some other parental figure or coach or whatever, and since we were all into sports, you know, like I, the coaches I liked the best when I was growing up were the ones that were the hardest, actually, mm. because they cared the most, right or wrong, you know. But but he was there, you know, walking the grounds at five o'clock in the morning. Remember that's you know he, he really loved what he was doing. I think that really permeated it. So mm -hmm. permeated experience. So you know that's just a tidbit I think. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, as 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 Jeff and Andrew have said a moment ago, and, and even Jason earlier. 
the uh, the history of growing up with the name Ojibwa as a child, that your dad went someplace and your cousin went someplace and your uncle went someplace, and yeah. then it only stood to reason that you were going. You couldn't wait to be ten or eleven, right, to go to camp. Yeah. And you know, Andrew said you wanted to go one year or ten, and you had to wait till eleven. And he was like, "Oh, come on, I can go." You know, you had that because you had that experience and that rich history behind all that, and so there 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 was that build up to wanting to go and to going. And then there was uh, the water. You drank the water up there, right? Especially from the, the green pump out on Long Field. Yeah. And the memories that come from that, the <clears throat> extreme competitiveness that came from that. I mean, it was really competitive. In my uh, recollections back of those years, it was super competitive. I know we made a joke about if you drop that fly ball or that ground ball in between your legs, but you didn't want to be the person who sure. dropped that ball, and yeah. if you did that, you were you cried, you were so upset with yourself. So that, and then you came back the next day, or you went to the next uh, activity, and you were the hero for scoring the, the basket or making the free throw or, or something like that, and all, all that competitiveness, all that rich history, and uh, all that desire to want to win. Well, for me, it's very different, probably, sure. because it was home. Um, and although maybe I hear a lot of people use that word, you know, when they when they talk about their experience with camp, that it's like it's like home. But for me, it really was a second home. Um, and so that by itself is, you know, one part of why I loved it, love it so much. Um, but the other part is uh, the banter is a great, great call, Andrew. Um, we still have it to this day when you see guys from camp. Um, but the, the structure of camp um, where it put you in a position where you could fail or succeed um, and there were peers around you who were helping you fail or succeed and you went through those same experiences with that same group of kids who would keep coming back year after year, um, that made it special. Um, and so, you, you, you know, it's not like going to war, but it's, it has a similar effect where you, you go through those same experiences and you win together and you lose together and you grow up together and you, you know, you go to socials together and somebody scores and you're happy for them and, you know, you, um, you go on overnighters and you do those things together and you just, you can't help but become closer to those people who um, you who you're there with year after year, and then pile on top of that, you know the history and all the people that came before you, and hearing all those stories and idolizing those counselors who are older than you, and hearing their stories, and when you mishmash all that together, and then pile on top of that, like unbelievable food, and sure. yeah. and you know, Didn't talk about the food. Um, it's just all those things together, you know, make it so special. So I, I agree with all of my friends here. I think um, there's two things kind of hit me, uh, uh, three things actually. One is these were formative years for us, right? I mean, you, you got to remember you're growing up and you're going through puberty and then you're going through early, you know, your teen years. And these are, these are significant years. And to, I think to many of these comments, it's a safe place. It's a home. And while it was, you know, Billy's family's business, because of our role, you know, the, the, the five of us here, you know, Kramers and the Berries and the Harrises, I mean, all, you know, my family started in 1943, and I don't remember when you guys started, but I mean, that's, 
you know, two thirds of camp is time that, you know, we, we've, for the most part, there's been some involvement. Yeah, sure. So it's the narrative of the life, right? The family life, which relies on camp. And I, and again, I mentioned this earlier and I, I've said it on the other side too. I'm very fortunate that, you know, my ex-wife and my kids have a, another narrative where they've got another camp. And I've even shared comments between the two um, about, because there, the, the Al has this incredible persona. I agree with Jeff's point. Al was a leader and many people followed him. And, and it is that maker of men that, that Al was that formed then. That's something that's continued on for how many years now? We're going, coming up on mm-hmm. close to... Next year will be the 90th summer. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and my kids have seen something from a camp that started in 1921 with another type of leader. Right. So um, those days are, you know, th- that was a different time in the 20s when you had these maker of men going out. And, um, but at the end of the day, it's a community, right? And it's it's this, if you, if you look at ecosystems and whatever there's a beautiful ecosystem here with camp with a lot of nuance and I, I think I think humor when you when you really look at it it's compassion and humor and caring and um, competitiveness there's 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 different strands that are woven through this community where you can have different characters and we talked about a lot of them where, where you can have an Elliot Friedman or a Paul James uh, Mickey Sampson, whatever, any of us fit in there in a natural way. Now, there's others that came in and cycled in and cycled out that just it wasn't right for them, and sure. and and that and that occurs too. Yet there's also people uh, like my girlfriend's brother was there for two years as a counselor, and he still remembers it fondly. Now he may or may not have you know he have really been a. Um, you know, go back or something like that. But he remembers, and he was brought there by the Elrod family because he went to college with those guys. Mm. So, you know, you have this ecosystem that's got all this nuance, and it's flexed over time, which I think is very cool. I mean, yeah. I ran into Doug. I'll finish up with this. I, you know, I ran into Doug at Seder the other night a week ago. Right. And I haven't seen you in probably 15, 18 years. At least. Since we were probably hanging in the city after after At college least. or something. Yep. And it was like, Dougie! You know, it was like, and, and it, I know you said to me, it took, took you a second to kind of, because well, I was... Because you were in a crowd of I was, It was like my kids and my girlfriend and her family, and then Dougie, that, we caught eyes and we embraced. And it was like right back to when we were 12, Absolutely. 13, 14 years old. Yeah. And I saw Jeff, the first time I've seen you in probably the same amount of time today. Big hug. It's it's great. It's really wonderful. So. Mm-hmm. I think that says it all. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Okay, that is it. 70s roundtable, late 70s roundtable, officially in the books. Uh, You can tell we had a ton of fun. Uh, guys were coming in late. Guys were leaving early. It was just a mess. But I think we uh, we had a great time. And I can tell you, even though I won't tell you what the stories were, that um, of the hour and a half you heard from the roundtable, I had to cut at least 30 minutes of it because it was completely inappropriate for the air. <laughs> so do with that information what you will. As always, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you know how. Drop me a line, Christopher at org. Also, swing by the website, check out the, the plaques, 
mess hall plaques right there. You can click on, find your year, show it to your kid, show it to your grandkid, show it to some girl to impress her. Maybe she'll marry you. Who knows? That's what it's there for. Come visit the website. Don't forget OJ90, May 6th, 2017. Mark your calendars. If you have any questions or interest in that, go to OJ90.com and check it out. While you're checking that stuff out, I'm going outside. It's time for a cigar. Cigar.